Welcome to Interruptions Podcast, where we have heartfelt and sacred discussions about our culture, faith traditions, and our community. We invite guests who are open and willing to share their journey and disrupt the silence on their personal and professional interruptions as it impacts their personal and professional lives. Kathy and I are very passionate about everything that we do, and we hope that this show is more enlightening and empowering for you to find a way towards a path towards healing. I am one of your co-hosts. I am Reverend Odell. And I'm Kathy Patton. Good evening. And welcome back to Interruptions Podcast. <laughs> I know we've been gone for a minute, right? We've been gone for a minute, but we've been working in the community. So we, you know, I, I, I thank our followers for tuning in and being back with us and staying with us. But yes, Kathy and I were very busy in the community this summer. And I thank them for missing us and noticing that we were gone. <laughs> yes. And we took some time off for ourselves, which was important. Yes, definitely. So our podcast tonight that we're excited about is titled Rooted in Wellness. And our guest this evening is the one and only Alicia Crutchfield McLean. And she is the owner of Bloom that has been popping up all over social media on Instagram, if you have her account of Bloom, you see the pictures of all the great and wonderful items that she sells in her store. So let's bring on our guest, Alicia. Hello, hello. Hi. Hello, Kathy. Hi, how are you? I am fabulous. Thank you for having me here. I appreciate being the first on your Interruptions podcast. After some time away, yes, correct. Yes, well, I am honored <laughs> and I'm grateful. Well, thank you for being here. Um, I met Alicia last summer, I think. Um, two summers ago. Two summers ago. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, one of my sorority sisters who lives in Jersey called and told me she was in town and just told me to come over. <laughs> so being big sister, you just do what she tells you to do. And when I got there, that's where I met uh, Alicia and her family. And we hung out on her deck for some, some time. And it was, it was very nice. I enjoyed it. And that's where I met you. But you were, you know, still working in New York. And we're going to talk a lot about that tonight. Yes. And as I was telling Kathy about you, Kathy said, I met her. And I'm like, oh. So do tell, Kathy, please. <laughs> I did. I did. Um, so... I just had a birthday celebration and one of my sorority sisters, Dory, had given me the tea drops. Oh, yes. The, right. The the um, the assortment of mm -hmm. tea drops because she said she was telling you that I like tea and, and you suggested, well, try and give her the assortment and she mm -hmm. can decide which one she wanted. And so I, I, I love them. I absolutely love them. And then uh, one day my daughter and I had an appointment for her and we had some time before I had to be anyplace else, which is unusual. And I said, come on, Taylor, let's go over here to this shop. We never had an opportunity um, to really stop in. And then when we went in, the gentleman had uh, introduced himself, very welcoming. I started immediately looking around and then Teal and I went to order some tea. And then you came out and started talking to Teal like you had just known her forever. Yes. So I said to her, I said, Teal, <laughs> I said, have you been to the shop before? She said, no, mommy, I haven't. And, um, and then you explained that you saw her at the hair salon and that she talks to you all the time, which she does. She talks all, all the but, time. But the sweetest. The sweetest, the sweetest yeah, soul. That she is. That mm -hmm. she is. And so I like to talk, and so does Till. <laughs> you do. You both do, because you forgot all about me, and you just. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, but that was wonderful. But she, um, she was so happy and yeah. just immediately connected with you. And I think that's what your shop does for most of us that have gone in there, just immediately connect there. So I can't wait until you share your story. Thank I, you. I, and thank you. Thank you for that. 
I, I welcome. I had the opportunity of sitting in the, uh, the place that I love in her shop where the uh, um, spices and, and humidifiers are going off. And we sat and we had a conversation and I said, I've got to get back into the groove of podcasting. I said, I need to interview you <laughs> and let's talk about mm -hmm. who you were. And the first five minutes just blew me out of the chair because I didn't know. So Alicia, I'm going to have to have you to tell folks because you are not from New Haven. You didn't grow up and go to the Hill House or Lehigh School or anything like that. So give folks an idea of just, you know, where you're from, which I love. I love this story. Where you're from, Alicia? Where I'm from? Where I am from? from Boston, Massachusetts. Um, I grew up uh, in Roxbury and my mother uprooted us and we moved over to Brookline. I uh, eventually went to elementary school in Brookline and then high school in Cambridge, uh, private high school in Cambridge, and then ultimately ended up at the University of Massachusetts in Amherst. Um, and when I graduated UMass Amherst, I fled to New York, <laughs> you know, to work in the music and fashion entertainment industry. And I'll just give you a, a sped up uh, story real quick, because I'm sure we'll come back to it. But uh, 16 years in New York, I met my husband while I was coming back from Boston. Oh yeah, um, don't 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 jump there. Don't jump there yet. Okay, okay, don't jump, okay. Don't jump there. So I'm, I'm sorry. I'm from I'm from, okay. I'm from Roxbury, Boston, Massachusetts. That's where I'm from. That's where my people are, um, and that's where uh, my roots um, were formed. And when she told me that, I'm like, I'm from Boston. What year? You know, now you started going through. What year? Who are your people? You know. <laughs> Do you know anybody? And um, no, because of the age difference. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, my people are Orchard Park and Mission Hill. Let's keep it real. And, uh, <laughs> I said, and I, and like, and I know people from Mission Hill and mm -hmm. Orchard Park, but uh, they're in a different age group. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, Alicia, I'm I'm glad that you know we got Bean Town in the house. So, yes, so the mean you. streets of Boston. <laughs> So thank you very much for being here. Thank you know, you. I we appreciate being to, here. We want to talk about, you know, get an idea. You said you in Boston. When did you know high school, college? When did you know that you had a special flair? Because, um, you know, you designers have a flair. So when did you know that you had a flair for to be unique and to be different? And thank you for that. Um, I knew I had a flair for uh, being unique and different at a very young age. Um, I can't pinpoint what age that was, but I, I knew by the time I turned 13 that um, I was uh, a lover of life and I wanted to see the world. And uh, I'm grateful for my mother um, and well, my parents for allowing me um, that that openness and that freedom um, to explore. So I took that to heart and I did as much as I could um, and was able to evolve and, and thrive from that mindset of wanting to be unique and wanting to be creative um, and wanted to do more in life. Um, I didn't want to be a product of my environment. Um, and you know, I won't go too deep into that, but I didn't grow up with a silver spoon um, despite perception now. Um, but I refused to be a product of my, of my environment. So I worked hard as a, as a team um, to uh, do the things outside of my environment that would ultimately get to get me to where I am today. Um, okay. I don't know. I, I hope that answers your question. It does. Um, okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, Alicia, when you were in school in Boston, you said you went um, outside of school. So you didn't have to deal with the busing situations. I, I I did not. Um, yeah, my, my fortunately, um, I entered into a program um, that allowed me um, a, a different journey. Okay, good. I unfortunately dealt with the school busings. Um, I went to Boston Tech, which is not far from Orchard yes. Park. Yes, you know, and, my older cousins went to Boston and, and, Tech. And, and and Kathy, if you didn't go through Dudley Station, you couldn't go home. <laughs> 
Dudley. Had to go through Dudley Station. So if you didn't have to go through that, that was a good thing. But it was, you know, Boston is still known for racial tension. Oh yeah. And some of the uh, biases that go on in school that we've had, that I had to deal with. So is that something that you had to deal with going, being outside of Boston, some type of racial discrimination, even though you were in Brookline? Yeah, um, at school and, and, and you know, in, in my personal community, um, especially, you know, I dealt with not only uh, racism, but, you know, colorism. Um, and it, it affected me um, deeply. Uh, so, yes, I, I, I had to deal with that coming from the projects, um, mm-hmm. coming from living in the projects and then going to a private school where I was just one of 13 black children um, in a school of a thousand uh, wow. was yeah, it was very um, intimidating, um, but it actually <laughs> was fuel for me. You know, um, I'm said, this is, uh, you know, I, I went to school, you know, super high energy, like I still am now. And I said, well, this is me and this is where I come from. And I'm going to introduce you to this, um, you know, and I um, I was able to combat a, a, a lot of um, the tension and, and, and the racial um situations at school by just um, being myself, being funny and fun and not taking anything personal. Um, and, I, and, I, and I thank my parents for just in, instilling um, in me uh, a, a strong, helping me flex my, my strong backbone um, with grace. Um, and I, I just, I, 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 I address things with, um, with that much seriousness and just kind of like, uh, educated myself and, um, you know, did what I could to, to stay sane. Um, Mm -hmm. as far as the personal life is concerned, that was a little different. You know, my, my, some members of my family, um, considered and treated me like an outcast. Um, one, because I was going to a private school and and they were still in public school. Um, also because of this, my skin tone, um, you know, they, some thought my, you know, my mother, we were acting white and, and, and whatnot. And that wasn't the case. My mother just wanted a better life for me. And she did what she had to do um, to see to that. Um, and I thrived from it. And, you know, I, at one point I, I, I was totally against it because of the, the, the bullying and, you know, the, the whatever um, in and out of school. Um, but I, I thank her so much to this day um, because it, it, it made me who I am. I'm, I'm able to navigate through this uh, sickening um, economy and, 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 and racial tension that we're going through right now with a, a certain type of mindset um, and disposition on things. And yeah. so, and I'm you able know, to kind of pass those values down and grace down to, to my daughter. You know, it's um, when you talk about, you know, the, you know, the colorism, colorism is, is a perfect word for that, you know, in terms of if you're too light, you're too dark, then, you know, folks want to know how do you define yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you define yourself? What do you, how do you classify yourself? What do you say that you are? People ask you. Well, I'm, I'm black, <laughs> I'm black African-American. Uh, my parents are actually your complexion. Uh, my grandmother was light skinned, both of my grandmothers, my paternal and maternal. Um, and there's just, this is how it is in my family. There's different skin tones. Um, some of us came out darker. Some of us came out lighter. I just happened to get light eyes too. So, oh God, that just made it even, you know, worse. Well, you can't be black. Where you come from? And I look just like my daddy. Um, and I look just like both my grandparents. Um, um, so I, I am, I am black. Um, okay. of course there's some mixing, you know, way back when, um, but as far as, uh, you know, my race, I am black, African-American. Because um, yeah. that's something that Kathy and I talked about um, on one of our shows earlier. Um, so, Kathy, do you get when you were growing up or even now, do you get that? You know, people looking at you, not sure, you know, if you're African-American, if you're mixed, if you're if you're white. I did. I did when I was younger. Um, that I don't think anyone is 
crazy enough to do it now. <laughs> They're not brave enough to say it now. But um, when I was younger, I did. I got that a lot um, from kids in school. Like, well, um, your is your father white or is your is your mother white? Because you're light and you have the hair and you have the whole everything. And so, and then it became even worse when they would see my father because my father is very fair skinned because my grandmother was white. Um, but again, with them, that whole mixture, Alicia, as you're saying, that whole, like you said, down the line, that whole mixture, um, my grandfather was extremely dark and my grandmother was white, but all the children came out looking just like my father, very, 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 very fair skin, um, even red hair. And so I get the red hair, the whole, so then it was that whole explanation. Well, why is your hair turning red? And it's like, you know, that's too long of a story. Right. <laughs> why do I need to explain you know, all that? It is, it is what it is, right? Yeah. And so um, definitely I did get that growing up. Um, and then and then it was infuriating at some point to just continually get the questions. And if I was with my father, then people would be looking at me, you know, because obviously I was darker than him and still being light. Um, and then you'd get the questions and the looks at him. And so you just you kind of learn to live with it, although I wasn't that calm child that just wouldn't like stare at people like <laughs> My mother would always yank my arm, like, stop doing that. Um, <laughs> but um, you, you did get that. Um, so I think it, it it was interesting because you got to know a lot about people when they start to ask you yeah. questions like that. Right. And so you learn you learn to address it as you get older. You learn to address it. And I think as you shared, um, it was more um, difficult when it was coming from some of your own family members or in your community and more so in my community, um, because my family looked very different. Everyone had different shades in there, so more so from your community. That was the more difficult questions. But so Alicia, thank you for sharing that. And your eyes are beautiful, by the way. Thank you. So. <laughs> thank you. I got the color. I got the color. No sight. <laughs> thank you. So Alicia, you are in Brooklyn and in fashion. And that you that sounds so exciting. And um that that was always like um, on the top five things I was supposed to be a model too. So all of you know the queen, then the model, and everything. I was just supposed to be all that. So if you had said you might have run into me if you had gotten there earlier, right? And so, <laughs> well, I but I went here, um, and I love the fact that you said that you've always been you with the energy. So I want to hear though about the Brooklyn Alicia. Tell me about the okay. Brooklyn Alicia. So, like I mentioned earlier, as soon as I graduated from UMass Amherst, I fled to New York and Brooklyn was my first stop um, on that journey. Um, I was blessed to be able to um, uh, secure an apartment in a, in a home um, that my former roommate's parent owned, parents owned. Um, so they rented out uh, some of a, a studio bedroom for me. Um, and that's where I started my journey in, in Brooklyn. And it was exciting. Um, I remember going to Brooklyn uh, when I was from like eight to 13 with my dad, because he has some family in, in, in Brooklyn. And so I remember always wanting to just be immersed in the, you know, the culture, the creativity. Um, and that I certainly was on Nostrand and New York Avenue in the heart, <laughs> in the heart of Crown Heights. Um, and she says the heart. <laughs> hey. Um, and I will say it was, it was scary, um, but I was, I was prepared mentally and, and um, energetically to take it on. Um, so Brooklyn became my home. I was able to thrive creatively and, you know, I was being creative and doing wild things with my clothes in Boston, but in Brooklyn, I was just kind of able to just open up, you know, um, and, and it truly, um, uh, how do I articulate this? Like truly experiment. I was able to experiment more and felt comfortable experimenting because everybody around me was just so fascinating. Um, and I didn't, I, I, I couldn't get that in Boston nor at UMass um, while oh, I was you, there. No, you wasn't. Alicia, who were <laughs> you working for? So um, when I first uh, got to Brooklyn, I, I um, did a couple internships, uh, one at, at an accessories company, and then the one um, at Rockefeller Records um, in the Universal Building was the one that sort of catapulted uh, my career in uh, 
fashion. So who I was working for was the marketing director at Rockefeller Records. Um, I started with her as an intern. Osiyaman Asamoda was her name. Um, and I was her intern for about six months, six to eight months, and um, eventually became her assistant in the marketing department. And she was the um, liaison between um, Jay-Z and um, the marketing executives um, at Rockefeller Records. Um, and at the time, we had acts like um, DMX, uh, uh, Swiss Beats, The Diplomats, um, Old Dirty Bastard, um, and then ultimately Kanye West, et cetera. So I was working um, as her assistant um, on the marketing side of things. Uh, I was into fashion and I was kind of making it known that I love fashion and I ultimately wanted to, you know, experiment with being a stylist. So I would take some of the promotional t-shirts um, that they used to distribute uh, on the streets via the street team at the time they were called, um, which is like a promotional team that would kind of get the word out about albums coming out, etc. And I would take the t-shirts, I would cut them up. Um, I taught myself how to sew. So I would sew and create all types of stuff with these shirts and whatnot and that ultimately caught the eye of um someone in the office and they say you know you should you should we should set you up with um some of the stylists here and uh see how you can support them because that seems to be something that you truly want to do and mm -hmm. that led to an internship with Ludacris's stylist at the time um and then i became an assistant stylist working with the styling team for Ludacris. Nice. You, mm -hmm. you. Uh, some people are probably going, oh, I want to go in and see her store now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, so at least at any point in time, did you, you know, because I know parents, you know, like, oh, you're in New York, you're living your life, your mom, you know, are you going to get married? You're going to settle down and have kids. Was that ever coming up for you? At, <laughs> you no. Know? I mean, no, no, I had no, I had, I'll be honest. I had no desire to get married. I had no desire. I will say this at a, when I was younger in my teens, in my early twenties, I had a desire to get married and have children. But then once my career started popping off and I would say around like 24, 25, my thoughts on, on marriage and children changed. Um, and not because I, you know, was selfish, but I just knew there was such a, big world out out here and i wanted to explore and i wanted to do all the things that a 20 something year old is supposed to do without any major responsibility outside of paying my rent and you know handling my bills but i was not thinking about marriage or children um and I almost got to the point where i was like i'm never having children oh no you know <laughs> so um but eventually you know as things started slowing down um i am a sap and a romantic at heart. So of course I started thinking about, um, you know, taking uh, family life um, okay. seriously. Okay. Now I know when I talk to you, I just want to talk about, you know, cause our show was called interruptions. Yes. And you told us about a interruption that happened to you. Please yeah. briefly, you know, your first interruptions. <laughs> briefly. You are living the life in brooklyn brooklyn manhattan stylist um you're doing your thing and then all of a sudden interruption happens what happened alicia and where did it take you so i eventually moved from brooklyn into manhattan this was at the height of my career i was living in a sky rise condo overlooking the hudson river um beautiful beautiful, amazing lifestyle. And I ended up reconnecting with my childhood sweetheart. And he happened to live in Atlanta. And I just, for a long time, uh, we, we never were able to reconnect over the years as life went on after we both went off to college. And I just always knew that he was the one that I wanted to, uh, if I was to get married, spend my life with. Um, and I was 13, 14. So imagine what, what that felt like. And then, you know, being what late twenties or maybe early thirties at the time, um, what that felt like, like, oh my God, you know, I, I reconnected with him. Um, it's amazing. Oh my God, it's, it's everything I imagined it to be. And so I got caught up in love and ended up uprooting myself at the height of my career um, in this beautiful condo of mine and moved to Atlanta. 
and it was very brief. Okay. okay. So it was not, <laughs> it was, it was, you can't even say the words. Like it was that brief. Like, it, it, we, 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 we were different. We were much mm -hmm. different than what we were as children. And although we still have love for each other, a deep love, um, it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't what I expected. Um, and I'm sure it wasn't what he expected. And, um, it, it quickly turned awry and I was, um, you know, going into a, a, a deep hole while I was there. Um, not only because I had, I had uprooted myself, so I wasn't working. Um, I was trying to find my way in Atlanta, which was very hard. Um, and I, you know, I started getting depressed. Our relationship really wasn't working out. Uh, we were two very different people and the lust had subsided. Ah. And yeah. Thank you for your honesty on that one, because sometimes that's what it is. Yep. You know, we, what we envision a relationship is, but it's not. So you have this interruption, this uh -huh. love life that doesn't turn out to be, and now you've got to go back to where? Where do you go back to and how so do you do it? I called my parents. My mother came rushing out to Atlanta um, on a plane. We packed up my stuff and shipped it through UPS. <laughs> okay, it was that bad. I, I had to get out of that situation. It was, it, it was, it was becoming volatile. So um, it was, we had to pack up my stuff immediately. We couldn't get a moving company to get me out quick. So I packed up all my stuff and I, nobody really knows this, but I, I, I packed them up stuff in about 30 boxes and mm. shipped it um, via U, UPS, USPS and FedEx um, back to New York. And, and luckily you smart, uh, smart girl. I, I had the condo still. So I had subletted it to um, a couple of young models. And so I had to, go back and bunk with them which was you know another interruption and almost a, you know an embarrassment i i felt like i you know a, a failure um you know and uh it, it was rough it was rough um mm -hmm. but you know their their lease the sublet lease was was up um soon after i i got back so i was able to kind of take over take control back of my space um okay. but it wasn't the same mm -hmm. you know mentally i was drained um and you know out of sight out of mind um, in the fashion industry, especially as a fashion stylist. So I had to work extremely hard to regain um, my network and um, get the gigs um, I needed to be able to sustain and, and pay my bills um, because the condo wasn't cheap. Uh, so um, I went back to the condo and uh, spent some time there, but I, I wasn't able to uh, get enough work to sustain that lifestyle. Um, and I was, I was, uh, you know, disappointed, mm. very disappointed and hurt. And, um, and so, but I picked myself back up, uh, and I said, you know, this, this, this water view, this, you know, this glamor, this doesn't define me. Um, so I'm going to try something different and I'm going to pivot. And so I pivoted and transitioned into Harlem and I looked at it as my way of getting to know New York all around. You know, I started in Brooklyn, went to Manhattan, got a taste of Manhattan. I actually did a little um, stint in Bushwick actually before Manhattan. But anyways, Brooklyn, you know, Manhattan and now I'm in Harlem. So I got I'm getting a taste of all the lively um, parts of New York. And so I looked at it like that um, and found a, a nice apartment in Harlem and kept it moving uh, and ended up getting my pet back and uh, went back to styling and, 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 you know, doing what I do. Alicia, you, you had said, um, excuse me, mm -hmm. you had said that you felt ashamed, but was it, was it the relationship the reason why you felt like that or was it that you couldn't like redo your business in Atlanta what what made you have that sense of being ashamed I felt ashamed <laughs> because I made a decision off of impulse and didn't truly think about what I was doing uh, when I uprooted myself it was such an impulsive move and mm -hmm. I'm not 
that type of person. Like I've been, I've I've tried to navigate and move through life, you know, with strategy um, and, you know, with, with plan, with like planning, um, especially considering the industry that I was working in and being in a place where I had no family, you know, friends, but nobody that I could uh, truly fall back on if shit hit the fan. Excuse, excuse my language, um, you know, and that's just who I am. I never like to really ask anyone for anything. So I felt ashamed by my decision to abruptly uproot myself um, and go to a place where I had no foundation other than this man in his home and all of his things um, and nothing for myself and then come back and not have, while I was there, maintain my working relationships and been doing what I should have been doing so that when if and when I did have to go back to New York, I'd be okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love your I love your necklace because that's clearly what you were fearless, oh, right? Thank you. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Moving from one part of of New York to another. So, but I I want to now ask you move us through your journey to Connecticut because I'm thinking you know I'll, I'm still stuck in in New York and in the yeah, class life. Just, just right that whole and I mean even even when you moved to Harlem just mm-hmm. the fact that you had the courage and the wherewithal to do that. So now I'm still thinking glamour wherever you went because yeah. you have that level of energy that you bring with you. But move us through your journey to Connecticut. I mean, uh, you, you're in Westville now, I'm in, right? I'm in and Westville now. So this even for me, I'm still thinking like even Harlem, like where <laughs> you're in Westville. <laughs> totally what? different. Right, right. I just, there's just not, no... <laughs> So no. okay, you gotta you have to explain this okay. to me that got you here to Connecticut. So I met my husband to be Tommy in transit. So I was actually coming from and, and, and mind you, I'm just leaving, you know, Atlanta. I'm just I'm I'm still not over, I'm still mentally in, in anguish from this relationship. So I was in Boston um, for my my best friend's wedding and I'm leaving Boston um, and I just ended up meeting my husband to be in transit. And I just, I wasn't into anything, into anyone. I just, I didn't want to, I didn't even look up when he first spoke. I just was like, "Eh." (laughs) but, but, but he was so nice. And then he offered me coffee and a snack. So I was like, Ooh, okay. Coffee. Okay. But um, no, he was such a nice guy. I, I looked up and, you know, we haven't stopped talking since then. But um, he happened to live in New Haven. He's lived in Westville uh, for 20 years, born and raised in New Haven. And when we finally got to the point of uh, moving forward with our relationship, we were going to move in with each other. And it was either he come to New York or I come to New Haven. And immediately I started I was shaking because it brought me back to the decision I made to go to Atlanta. Mm. And I really had to work, work to think hard about making the decision on what I wanted to do because I did not, at this point, there was no, I'm coming back to New York. Like, that's just how I felt. Like, I'm like, okay, what, what do I do? You know, I, I, I am in love with this man, um, but I have to separate the lust, you know, that first few months of just bliss yeah, the um, heart starts in the eyes. That yes, was, yes. yes right now. <laughs> I had to really, I had to go down a, a journey of, mm-hmm. of of just thinking and meditation and 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 everything to to make a decision on you know what I wanted to do um, because New Haven certainly was not on my radar, um, <laughs> and I had visited him. I had come to on dates and stuff to visit him, and I was just like, okay, this this is not for me. I love it. It was, it was like a, a vacation for me, you know, going to the country, leaving the city. <laughs> I'm sorry. And I, I love that, but I was like, do I want to live here? Um, but ultimately I made the decision um, to move to New Haven because at that point I did want to start a family. Um, and as did he, and, you know, we talked about marriage and I was just open and ready for it. So I uprooted myself once again and moved to New Haven. And it was certainly a culture shock, Kathy. It it still has been. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
and we, you know, we, we moved pretty quickly. Tommy and I moved quickly. You know, we, we connected immediately. Um, and you know, there's no lust, there's love. So, um, we, we, we decided to get married. We had, uh, our daughter. And so the first three years here was all about my, 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 my family. Um, I had no desire to even get out and about um, and meet anybody. It was just all about nurturing and getting to know my husband and, and, and our family. You know, because you got to understand this was a, this was a year in. So there was a lot to you know learn about him and his space and, and, you know, his family and getting to know them. And then welcoming our daughter and, you know, being there for her, being a stay at home mom for her. So it was the first three years was truly all about Sienna and Tom. And then. Um, I still was taking on gigs um, in New York, so I was. Commu- I mean, I was, I was commuting to New York um, up until I gave birth the week before, and then went back to work in New York two weeks after mm-hmm. giving birth. Um, that's how attached to New York I was, and that's how. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a part of me being afraid to lose, you know, what I had built all this, you know, this this amazingness, this life, this career I had built. I didn't want to lose it again because I lost it when I went to Atlanta and I had to work hard to get it back. Um, so I was still attached to New York. Um, and so three years in, I I started going out and hanging out and trying to connect with people, um, trying, um, 2019. Um, so that's when I was able to, you know, meet more people, um, by way of our friends. Um, and that's also how I met you, Odell, um, through Tommy's cousin. And so I started feeling more comfortable going out and about because I got to tell you, I just, I didn't feel a connection here. I didn't. And in the people that I was meeting, I just wasn't aligning, um, with them. Um, and so 2020 COVID hits. So that's when I met you. Um, COVID was, we were wearing masks and I don't think what? shots. Oh, that's right. Shots were not even available mm-hmm. um, because the production interruptions production was coming out in a couple of weeks or a month or so. That's when I met you um, before interruptions production came mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. So we were in a pandemic, but there was no opportunity for a shot. That's why we sat outside on mm-hmm. your deck. Mm-hmm. So right. pandemic hits. New York. You know what? I, I want to interrupt Odell because it's not, okay. I want to change her wording because it's not for her. It's not a deck, right? That's, that's, what do you, what do you call That's your courtyard, right? At home? At home. No. It, okay. Cause that's your so we store. Were at my house. Talk, okay. We were at, my house. at her house. Oh, oh yes. Okay. And the house it was right. your deck. Not okay. yet. No. Bloom was nowhere on the Yeah. Agenda. Bloom wasn't on my radar. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. No, I was. And this um, is 2019 and it wasn't. No, no, Bloom wasn't on my radar. Remember, I was still styling. I was commuting she back was. to New York from the mo- the day I moved here. I wow. still was commuting back to New York for work um, every day. I mean, every day. I was burnt out, y'all. I was burnt out. Pandemic hit. Pandemic for me was a gift and a curse um, because I was so attached to New York. I couldn't, mm-hmm. I just couldn't let it go. Um, and I also just wasn't able to find my creative flow here. So I felt like I still had to be working in New York. Um, but Bloom came about when the pandemic hit. Bloom is a combination of all the things that I've ever wanted to do um, over my lifetime as far as career is concerned. I just kind of put it, meshed it all into this space. <laughs> yeah, I was going to, and that was going to be my next question to you. Where did that concept come from? Where did Bloom come from? And what do you want people to, I know what I felt, but I don't want to like spoil that surprise, but I, what do you want people to feel when they walk into Bloom? I want, I mean, Bloom is rooted in wellness, meant mental and physical it is a place of personal and professional growth let's just start there yes there's a retail component but the most important part of this space is the upliftment and the joy um and the energy um that i'm trying to fuel into people when they come in here now i don't expect people to take on my high energy and i'm sure people can't stand it sometimes but that's not my problem you know, that's theirs. This is this is a space that I come into and I find joy. Um, and I just I I've always had a knack for 
wanting to um, uplift people. And that's also part of the bullying that I, you know, I experienced as a child. I was just a very high energy, high, happy, happy go lucky um, young child. My mother says, mm -hmm. my mother tells me, she's like, when you were like two, three, you just, from then we knew, you know, you were just going to be a burst of, you know, sunshine, you know, um, and, and that's just who I am. And I, wasn't able to truly be myself in the fashion industry in New York. I'm going to be very honest. I had to dim my light. Um, I had to bite my tongue and I had to, you know, swerve down paths just to appease others um, or to just save face um, to, you know, maintain my own sanity. And Bloom is not that. You will not walk up in here and, um, make me feel any other way than, than, than joy and upliftment. And when you leave, that's the same feeling I expect you to have. So Bloom was created to provide a space for the community to gather, thrive and grow together. That's not just a mission statement. That's truly how I feel. You know, I, I, I feel like some, some people are like, Oh, you know, she's too, it's too flighty, you know, it's too fake. No, you know, I feel good. I am happy. I am in a space of um, joy and I just want to be able to help others feel that. We have a lot of shit going on right now. Excuse my language. Um, life, it, it's not perfect, um, but we don't have to bask in pain and, and bask in misery. You know, um, let's live fearlessly. And, you know, some days are going to be better than others, but there's no reason why we should... Um, just bask, bask in um, uh, the, the the dismal. So Alicia, what would you, I mean, I've been into your shop and I love the fact that there's a stereo playing. You oh know? yeah. I just, I just love that stereo. Um, <laughs> it's gone. You know, they took it. Somebody purchased it. No. Okay. Let's just let me stay focused. Um, <laughs> it, it departed today. Uh, okay. Uh, thank you for letting me know. So that I'm going looking for the Stevie Wonder album playing when I when I walk in. Mm -hmm. What can people buy from your store? Who do you who's your who do you want to come into your store? So you, we, you've talked about the experience, but what mm -hmm. can people purchase from you? So we don't have a transient customer. You know, our 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 our, our offering is just as diverse as our um, our customers. Um, I carry a little bit of everything um, from from wellness to home decor to nature, art, um, etc. So when you walk into Bloom, you're introduced to our flower shop. Um, it's actually a flower nook. We're not a flower shop, despite what you know people. Um, some people think it's you know Bloom. It's called Bloom for 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 more we. For more than what the 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 floral meaning is, but anywho, you're greeted by our flower shop. You're greeted by um, a wide arrangement of uh, gift items, jewelry, soaps, candles, etc. Mostly made by local artisans, and I'm talking about local to Westville in Connecticut. Like there's so much talent around us, it's just like unreal. Like I love it, and I love to see people thriving in here. Like the community support has been so amazing for others. Um, so it's I've created this sort of micro economy for us to thrive um, in together. So there is also the cafe uh, where you could purchase a beverage, whether it's a mocktail, which is a non-alcoholic drink, uh, which is all fresh made here, um, coffee, tea. We're going to be starting a new food program shortly uh, where you'll be also, you'll also be able to get sandwiches, salads, um, baked goods, again, all made by local chefs. Um, there is, let's see, the wellness room. I'm a big advocate for mental health and wellness. So I carved out a room specifically for that. And the room actually is um, hosted by Chocolate Potion, which is a mental health brand that creates, um, it's actually, it's a, it's a black owned brand and it's a father and daughter duo. And they've created products like essential oils, candles that also turn into body butters, um, bath salts, body scrubs, everything that's for mental health and wellness and calming and relaxation. There's nothing euphoric. There's no CBD or, or THC. It's just what I call like airplane mode products that kind of give you peace of mind. And also in that room, is our breathe bar and the concept of the breathe bar is you enter into the wellness room and 
you sit down and you just have a, a, a meditative moment. Yes. Excuse me. You just inhale. Oh, That's you just you just breathe. You just breathe. You breathe. And we use the essential oils that's created by chocolate potion in the diffuser. So it's a it's a breathe bar. There's two stations, and we shut the door. If you want us to shut the door, you take five or thirty minutes to just meditate mm -hmm. and just pause. You know, pause. You know, take a moment to just stop. I I love that room so much. I've been looking around my house to figure out how can I get that room? Oh, I got how you. can I duplicate that somewhere in my house? I'm like, okay, Maya, you need yeah. half a room. Yeah, all it takes, all it takes is a, is a little nook and a diffuser and, and some plants. You know, mm -hmm. like I'm you gonna know, have to invite you up the street. Yeah, yes. to, uh, to I, take I, a look. I would love, love to help anyone who feels like they need um, a, a nook um, and, and need help creating it because it doesn't require necessarily a room. Um, it doesn't require all the bells and whistles. Mm -hmm. You know, it can be, it can be you just sitting on your couch and you bring in over the little portable diffuser, um, your nice cozy blanket, a journal, and just that's your that's your wellness that's nook. That's your place. Mm -hmm. Adele, when I went into Bloom, of course, I told you I had um, teal with me, and mm -hmm. and there was immediately I I saw it as being very eclectic, and that's I love that sense. Um, but then it like my mother mode turned on, and I was trying to like make sure Teal wasn't touching everything in the store. And Alicia, when she came up, she wasn't like that at all. She was like, oh, let her go, let her look. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't want her to break anything. And so I, I whispered to, um, after we got our tea and Teal was so happy about that, we just went to the car and sat down and, and started drinking our tea. And I turned back around and went back in the store and bought more tea because it was so good. And mm -hmm. I said, okay, cause I want to bring this with me wherever I go. But what I told Alicia, I whispered to Alicia, I said, I have to come back by myself yeah. because I want, <laughs> you know, and it's, and it's just because I recognized that that space, I just needed to be in there by myself for a minute. Right. Yeah. And then bring Teal back in there. But I needed to experience it for myself first. And it's so funny because the people that are closest to me kept saying, Kathy, you need to go to this um, shop called Bloom. You would love it. It's just like you. And and so, yeah. And right when I walked in, I just immediately connected with it and just but you, what you set out to do and have that connection with people, you certainly have. Thank you, and, Kathy. And you are nice one of that, many. You are one of many that has expressed that those same sentiments, and it just it truly brings me joy because when I started um, Bloom, there was a lot of confusion. There was a lot of misunderstanding and misconception about what Bloom is, and there still are. There is still some, but to hear about your experience, like your true feelings about what you experience when you come into the space is real. You know, I can't make that up. I've had people come into the space and then call or DM or text me later and say, thank you. And I'm yeah. like, oh, you're welcome. Thank you for what? Like, what did you buy? Like, how is it going? <laughs> Do you have any questions? And they'll say, no, just thank you for this experience. We went into the wellness room and, and left feeling refreshed, mm -hmm. rejuvenated. That's and that's really all that matters to me. You know, my husband hates when I say this, but it's really not about the money. Abundance is going to come. I, I have a connection with my, I know how to make money. You know what I mean? I'm not here to push sales. I'm not here to push you to buy anything. I'm here to push you to pause and, and consume some time or something for yourself and your loved ones. And if you come in here and you just book a brief session or just buy a $3 tea and you walk out feeling great, I'm okay with that, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I, I wanted to make sure I say that because I, you know, there is the retail component. Obviously we have to pay bills and we have overhead, um, but the space is truly a community center reimagined. Yes, you know? and I and I I, I I love the fact Justin and I can just go oh, Justin, yeah. <laughs> I'm giving you a shout out when you watch this. Yes, I did. And the coffees and teas that he makes. I mean, I walk from my house down there and it's like a mile, it's like a, a, a mile and a half from my house, and I walk. 
And then when I sit down, <laughs> I go into the wellness room. I have mm-hmm. a cup of tea. Justin gives me a cup of tea I paid for. And I walk home. <laughs> and I feel good. Yeah, you feel good. Are, and people are renting your space. Yes, they um, are. That's they awesome. Are they are coming out of the woodwork. And I that know, is awesome. You know, I stopped saying I'm tired. I'm grateful. You know, right. I am. I am so grateful that, you know, people, there's so many places people could rent around here. Um, but I'm grateful that they want to uh, rent this space for the experience and the hospitality that we provide. You know, I, I love to host. Um, and so does my team. Bajor and Justin love to host. Um, and they're very professional and they, they love being in this space. So that that love fuels into everything that they do here. So I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for a wonderful team and a space that loves it too. Bloom, it, we that's, that's a whole wonderful. other that's a whole other uh, conversation. But Bloom has a, has a personality a personality of its own. That's cool. so, Alicia. Before we wrap up, this is one thing that, especially someone that is bringing so much joy to other people and a sense of of wellness and well being. How do you practice self care for you? Hmm. I don't as much as I should. Um, I finally just took a couple days off last week and it felt extremely good. We, I had, we had to get out of Connecticut. I said, we, I, I need to reset somewhere near in mountains somewhere. So we went up towards like the Poconos or whatever. Um, but I try my best Kathy to, uh, leave everything at the door when I go home every night. Um, it's hard. Um, I've started taking baths in the morning, um, uh, with my chocolate potion bath salt. Shameless plug, um, but it is amazing. Um, and there's so many health benefits to taking a bath in the morning. Um, and if you, you know, if you subscribe to uh, Gather at Bloom's email list, I'll tell you more about that. But I start, I've, I've, I try to throw in time to to care for myself because um, self care for me right now is just making sure um, that I'm healthy. Um, and that I'm taking care of, you know, uh, not just my inside, you know, but also externally, um, make sure I'm keep, you know, keeping these, you know, these dark circles and, you know, this, <laughs> all this for me, that's, you know, that's my self care, making sure I'm, um, you know, I'm healthy, I'm fit. Um, because that's, that's the only way I'm going to continue to be able to thrive, um, and, and be able to, to be here, uh, every day for the community, because that's what it requires. And I'm okay with that. You know, I, I, I thrive when I'm thriving, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. My self-care is being in this space. You know, we, we're, we're closed tomorrow, but I'm most likely going to be here cleaning up, sanitizing, maneuvering things, merchandising, um, et cetera. And that's my, that's, it's my self-care. I got to be honest. Like it's, it's my retreat, you know, um, that, but that's why I created Bloom the way I created it. That's, it, it, it's, it's a place where I go to retreat. Um, and get some self care. Um, so yeah, I try to I try to um, make sure I'm doing what I need to do at home um, uh, to to get in the, those moments of, of of peace of mind. Well, thank you, Alicia. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I was really excited to have you on our podcast. So thank you for agreeing to do this. Uh, What Odell and I try to do is to expose that a life interruption, as you've shared, can sometimes be traumatic um, or it can just be an interruption in our lives and it can be temporary or permanent and it can depend on our perspective that we take on life. You obviously took the better perspective and now look at what you have created for so many of not just for yourself but for so many others and so we thank you for doing that we'll continue to discuss issues of interruptions and how it can impact our life and our podcast really is for anyone who needs to hear this message so we ask our audience always to please share and to like um like our podcast and so that we can continue to share this message on bloom and for all the conversations that we have so open and honestly about our own lives and the interruptions that have taken place for us and those that come on to our podcast as well but speaking of message, I want to just take a moment. Um, Odell, is there a special message that you want to share with our audience at this time? I do. Um, thank you. So as you've been, if you've been watching us for the last year and a half, then you know that our journey started with 
a major traumatic interruption in my life was losing my son and and having a heart interruption and a head interruption. I had a brain aneurysm a year later and I'm just going through life and I'm and I'm trying to, to heal. It's about me. It's about me healing. And uh, fast forward, ran into some great people. And I always have to give Jonathan Berryman a lot of credit. So as I'm healing, he says, you've got to tell your story in the arts. And that's when I met you, Alicia. Uh, we had just, we were headed towards the, the play, the stage, and the stage disappeared. So the production interruptions is online. And then as we're telling stories, Jonathan said, oh, that's a good story. You've got to put it, but we only have an hour and a half for the production. So he says, you got to write a book. And I'm like, I can't write a book. I have a brain aneurysm. I can barely read or write. He says, nope, you got to write a book. So that is what I did. I wrote a book and Interruptions is out. It is published. People are buying the book. And some people have called me and said, you know, I don't want to read a book about, you know, gun violence and losing your son. And I said, that's not what the book is about. The book is about resilience. The book is about we've all gone through some type of interruptions in our life. And what do we do? How do we go back into our life, our education, our family, our culture, and pull back the pieces that we need to help us to move forward? So the book is about resilience and reinventing yourself. And I just talk about interruptions along the way, various life interruptions, good and bad. And that's what it's out. So the book is on Amazon. You can find it, Interruptions, Disrupting the Silence. And this Sunday, we will be at my um, People Get Ready bookstore on Willie Avenue. And for those of you who have a special invitation, we'll be present and others can watch it online. So you can find the link to watch the community conversation, information about the book. Um, we're going to do a virtual. Kevin is, is streaming it. So it's going to be on this podcast next Sunday. And we're just going to have, I'm just, I'm in awe of God um, to have been in a dark place for five years. And, you know, it's like I was buried alive, trying to figure out how to get out. And now I had the production and now the book, and this feels good. So when people say, how are you feeling in the midst of this pandemic? I say, I'm feeling great. I'm loving God and I'm in awe of God. So this Sunday at um, two o'clock, Go to um, People's Get Ready Bookstore, the link, it's on social media. Register, order a book, purchase a book for someone, give it to them as a Christmas gift. Let's have these conversations about reinventing ourselves because we've all gone through an interruption. And let's talk about, let's talk about what Alicia just shared. How do we rebound and keep moving? So congratulations. Thank I'm so you. happy for you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm an author, you know, um, and yesterday I was honored um, interruptions for all the work that we do. And I have to I thank Kathy last week is not just the, the book, the community conversations, the training that Kathy and I did over the summer, training individuals to teach um, and have discussions about emotional wellness. Um, we were honored. We were giving a community healing award by the Community Healing Network organization. Anola aired as her organization. So she honored us with community healing award. So the work that we're doing. So it's the training that we did. It's the podcast that we're doing. It's the teaching, uh, the, the community conversations. And this is what we're committed to breaking generational trauma and letting people know that because you've had an interruption, your life is not over. Right. Thank well, you. I know where our next book discussion can be. I have a perfect location. <laughs> uh, yeah. Alicia, you want to share that date that we have on the calendar? Ah, see? It is... No better off guard. I don't remember, but um, yes, we thought about... I, I booked it. Oh, that's why you asking me. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I well, I don't remember either. <laughs> so we are oh. in November. We do yes, have a we, place that we're going to um, some time. We will talk about that next mm-hmm. at our next podcast. Yes, that um, Kathy and I thought it would be great to just invite people to have a book discussion in your place. So we're going to have book discussion, light food, and just have conversation and enjoy the space. So we are honoring your space, Alicia, as well. Well, I thank you. And we are honoring you as well. So I thank you. And thank you both for, you know, what you are doing um, in the community. Um, I am inspired by women like you. I am grateful to have met women like you. And now I feel um, more than ever comfortable, confident, and aligned here in New Haven. I've adjusted quite well, and um, it, it, it's it's really because I've met wonderful um, pioneers and innovators um, and community, genuine, authentic community leaders like yourselves. Well, thank you. Thank you for being on our show. Um, we enjoyed you. And, oh, this is, it's, it's been a, a long time. It's been, how do you close these this podcasts? <laughs> <laughs> so, Alicia, thank you so very much. And we'll be seeing you um, in November. So we'll okay. be talking more about okay. the, uh, the, sh- the the time there. Yeah. And Kathy and I are getting ready for a book signing. And your shirt came in, Kathy. Okay. Awesome. So, awesome. Uh, anyway, yes. <laughs> Kathy, tell Tia I said hi. I sure will. She'll be thrilled. <laughs> Bye. Bye. And don't forget to like our, our, our podcast and subscribe to our, our show. Bye.